what it is, what it do, y'all. This your girl, Chris. How y'all doing today? Um, we all gonna be talking about Blink-182, my favorite band. So let's do this. Let's get on the podcast and make sure let's tune into this podcast. My name is Christina Smith, and this is Chris's Uwe's podcast. We will be talking about Blink-182, my favorite punk rock band. They just celebrated their 20th anniversary of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album. Make sure you go cop that album. By the way. Make sure you follow me on my social media, my Twitch, my Facebook, my Instagram, my, t- my Patreon, my, uh, uh, make sure you follow on um, my YouTube page, I upload videos on Wednesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, I do live stream at Thursdays and Fridays, Chris Uwe's podcast and talks on Fridays only. And I, up- I upload new episodes of the podcast Saturdays. If I don't upload up, upload it Saturdays, I upload it Sundays. It, excuse me. If I don't upload it Sundays, that means I will not be in the podcast. But I'll let y'all know if there's a podcast coming or not. But anyways, how y'all doing? I missed y'all so much. Let's get down. I wonder how y'all doing. How y'all doing? It's just let's get to let's get down to some stuff. I will be uh my anniversary of me live streaming and podcasting is coming up on Sunday. June 20th, that is Father's Day. Yes, I will be doing something special. A special live stream or anything I possibly can. So make sure you tune in and watch it. And hopefully we get it together and uh, we'll be talking about what's going on. But anyways, let's talk about Blink-182. Ladies and gentlemen, Blink-182 is the best pop punk band. I'm sorry to say. And everything in my opinion. Yes. Blink-182 is an American rock band formed in Poway, California with Tom, Scott, and Mark. With Southern Park, Southern California Punk in the early 1990s game variety with high energy live shows and iterate lyrical toilet paper, Hoppus is the only constant member. Yes, he is. And Travis. In his early years, Big One Day Two Tory Heavy behind the debut She's Shire Cat. That's the album that they started with, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know who Blink-182 is, make sure you go buy their albums and their music. And make sure you enjoy it. Yes, enjoy the humor. Because it's really, really funny. <laughs> but anyways, you know what I mean. Um, in the early years, Blink, like I said, the group signed with their with a major label, MCA Records, to distribute Sacred Album, Duke Ranch. Which, that's my fourth personal favorite. Rainer was fired midway through a 1998 tour placed by Baker. The next two releases was Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket were enormous success and the strength of radio and MTV airplay. Blink-182 followed in 2003 and mystic, a stylish shift of the group. Tom DeLong quit in 2005, sending the band into what he was teamed to identify highest that reunited in 2009, producing the trio's Six albums, Neighborhood, and in 2011 to 2015, Tom DeLone exited again, replaced by Aglarch Trio's frontman, Pat Skiba, which their title, Seven Studio California, began, released in 2016. Their most recent effort, Titles Nine, was released on September 20, 2019. According to Austin Press, Blink-182 is considered the key group for development pop-punk, and the world's combination of pop music melodies with fast-paced punk rock. The 
50 million albums worldwide. The 2011 times to show no puck ran in 1990s have been more feasible than Blink-182. After it receded, after 2005 split, the style could be heard. Muscular pile-up, fall-up, boy, and a curly wave loss of work tour puck bands at like all time long and the main. So, basically, if y'all are Blink fans, y'all know what they went through. If you're truly a Blink fan, put it in the uh, comments down below. And make sure you share this podcast with your friends and talk about Blink-182. I don't like the Blink-182 now, but I ain't hating. But I like the old Blink-182. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about their formation in initial years. Blink-182 was formed in Poway, California, suburb in North San Diego in August 1992. Guitarist Tom DeLong was expelled for Poway High for being inhibited. Basketball game was forced to attend to another school for one semester at Rochetto Bernito High School. Yes. If y'all Tom DeLong fans, yes. Mark and Tom, this is my thing. Mark and Tom got together and created a band. Yes. They got together and they got to Reiner and they started spending time with music, uh, seeing movies and punk culture and playing practical jokes. The trio operated other variety names until Duct Tape Figure Eight until Dunlow re- re- re-christened the band Blink. Uh, Hopper's girlfriend at the time was annoyed by his consistent attention to the band. But she demanded a choice between the band and her, which the Hoffman's believed a band not long after its formation. Shortly after the long and right about a four track recording from a friend, Camp Jones, they were recording the demo tape with Jones on bass. Mark Hoppus probably broke up with his girlfriend, reunited with Ben Swicewater, a three collection of songs and pop covers were recorded by this in Reiner's room in May 1993. Well, um, let me see. The band began booking shows and on stage for every event at Elks Lodges and YCA centers. The band cost the clubs and asking the spot for play was at local high schools. Convinced that Bleak was an emotional band and a strong anti-drug message on to play the possibly a lunch. San Diego was hardly a hotbed of musical activity. Uh, according to German Joe Schumann, the best popularity grew in punk rock. Small ages been you biggest dreams ever. We started to headline at the show at Salma Hopper said. Meanwhile, manager at the store, Secure Mark Secor, rented the group money, probably to record another demo at the local studio Double Top, which which result booted up which members of the band review was limited release. However, Ryan's family reco- relocated the. Reno, Nevada, and he was Presley re- replaced by Mike Crow. The band saved money by flying Ryder out the shows, but he moved back uh, with Hoppus. Moved back and in with Hoppus during that time. And he records first album. My music video was a larger development. That is crazy. Can y'all believe that? I kind of shocked. I'm not surprised, but I'm kind of shocked. They were getting their act together. I'm going to tell you something about Blue Gordon, too. They were getting their act together. They made a whole bunch of albums. They got a whole bunch of texts. Yes, they're toilet humor. Yes, they have toilet humor. It's hilarious. You got to think about it. It's kind of hilarious to have toilet humor. You know, you got to laugh about it. So basically, you can't really get mad about the toilet humor. There's a lot of people that got mad and a lot of stuff. And it was just crazy. I just, I just don't understand why a lot of people get mad about it. The heart of local 
local independent music scene was Cargo Records, which offered signing the band to a trial basis with the help of O, a guitarist for the punk band Flow, and Brian Goodis, a friend uh, the band whose father was president of the label. Hoppus was the only member to sign the contract with Stallone that's working at the time, and Rainer was still a minor. Rainer was still a minor. The band recorded debut to Shark Cat and released in February 1995. They released, what, Cat, they released Eminem's. And, uh, Damn It. Those are the two songs that made them big. I think Damn It was the biggest song that made them big. They made them big, and it just did everything they possibly can. Yes. Uh, and the three things in West Beach recorders in Los Angeles feel by both new songs to re-recorded so the songs the previous demos Eminem's the band's first single gainer a local airplay cargo was spot a budget filmed a music video meanwhile the record also drew attention of the Irish bank of willing to change engage a legal battle they agreed to to change their name cargo gave the band a week but the trio decided to put the <laughs> put the decision more than to afterwards eventually cargo trio demanded they changed the name of World Changer for you, which is the side, the random number 182. That's where they get that from. These people, something else. Sad, right? Sad. Yes. yes. Follow that success. They had an album that came out. It's, uh, it is, uh, Animal's State after this song came out. Um. Uh, they came in Paris since America Pie the band recorded their fourth album commercially commercially hold on. Ah, man, I went all the way, hold on. Hold on. The band soon hired a manager. I'm sorry guys. Rick DeVoe, who had worked in large events such no effects, Pennywise and Offspring. And a new addition, the group grew attention of Rick and Jean Blonde of the Tahoe Taste Booking Agency who were responsible for spreading their name. The band far wide. In late 1995, the trio embarked on their first national tour, the Good Times Tour. Yes, the Good Times Tour. They were on there with Aaron Lost, Bro Monkey, and Seven Seconds, and that was a good tour. I didn't get to go. I just heard it was good. So yeah, be happy about that. Uh, let me see. Uh, there's there's been there's what? Hello? Okay. Yes. There's been a lot. Sorry, I yelled. Uh, They've been on tour, and they did a lot of touring. They toured around. They promoted these albums, these demos, heavily at Warp Tour and everything. And uh, it's been crazy. Uh, they uh, The Good Times Tour extended outside with the States with a leg in Australia. The trio were financially unable to go, but Pennywise members paid for their plane tickets. Fletcher Drag, a guitarist of Pennywise, believed the believed the band strongly. He believed that Kevin Lyman, the bass, the rock bass of Warp Tour, which I will be doing the podcast on the tour down the road, signed the band in 1996. Predicted they would become gigantic. That year, the band toured heavily with seven domestic shows, all on and off the Warp Tour trips to Canada, Japan, and Australia dates. Australia was recently repeated today. Bannister antics, in which the game reputation of considered ostracized is considered that as a, a strip. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. This is they made Do Ranch, and they started. 
They started out everything. MC, this is what they had. They started doing a lot of stuff. By March 1996, the trio began to I be, I accumulate the genuine buzz of all labels, resulting in a bitter war between Interscope, MCA, and Embatah. MCA promised the group complete artistic freedom and ultimately signed the band, but Rainer had great affinity for Embatah, which he filled half invested in the band. They, were cl- they chose MCA. The group's discouraged by cargo lacks just beach faith that the group and help, no help calls about signing about signing to a major level, but freshly criticized in the punk community. After Nostar tour, they give follow up the LP do retro with a period of year with producer March Rivio. This is their single that came out damn it and they received heavy, heavy, very dangerous heavy not dangerous, heavy, 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 heavy airplay. Heavy airplay. Durex shipped gold in 1998. Y'all gotta give them props for that. They shipped gold. And I remember when Damn It came out. I didn't know what it was. It's about the music video. It was hilarious. It was funny. You know, it cracked me up. Because it's about... Do, uh, Damn It is about... About, I guess, they were... Um, <clears throat> they were um, doing a... Video. I guess it's about the, about the girl that Mark and... Mark was messing with, and she had another boyfriend. That was Mark's ex-girlfriend or, or something like that. And he wanted her back. But the dude, I guess, kept, kept, um, <laughs> he, Mark kept harassing him. And he chased Mark down up and down the video. If you ever watched the video, watch the video. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. But it's funny. You got to give the props for making it funny. That's crazy. <laughs> Durant shipped gold by 1998, but a stall exhausted tour schedule brought tensions to be the trio. Ryder had been drinking heavily to offset personal issues. Was fired by Tom DeLogue at Hoppus in mid 1998, agreeing to attend rehab and quit drinking. They found their man in the Alcabats. His name was Travis Barker. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Barker joined the band. He filled in for, uh, joined the band. I said bet. Bam. Filled in for Reiner. Learned the 20-minute song set list in 45 minutes before the first show. In July, he joined the band full-time. And later, the band entered the studio with Jerry Fair, Jerry Fan to produce their late, their third album. Yes. Like I said, if you have not, if you don't know who Blink-182 is, go ahead and go look them up and listen to their music and describe it by them. Trust me, you'll like it. You will like it. You won't hate it. Trust me. You'll thank me first. Uh, Enema the State Hat, What's My Age Again, All the Small Things, and Adam's Song became great major radio hits. All the Small Things became number one hit on TRL, Martin Trackstar, and became a crossover hit, peaking at number one, making for the Backstreet Boys. Actually, all boy bands, and it just cracked, it cracked everybody up. And it was criticized and incentivized Bachelor Pop remotely resembling Punk as a pitch or as a joke due to act. Prince Hay Little Seagulls and Associate Videos to fit the album sold at 15 million copies worldwide at a considerable effect on pop music. Inspired the second wave of new genera and numerous acolytes. The Well First Arena Tour, Cameo Pierces, and TV American Pie. The fourth date came the comedically act Take Your Pants Off a Jacket, number one album, and not, okay. 
This is when they did they take out Pets of Jack in 2001. Get this. When they did this album, they worked in the studio and they said they didn't know what to do. So they just did some songs and they came together and they didn't know what to do. And they were trying to trying to figure out what they want to do. So they made some songs. So some of the songs they said it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to them. So if you don't like Blink-182, please don't judge them. But they made hits as The Rock Show, Stay Together for the Kids, and First Date, and Anthem Part 2. So basically, yes, they made an album that made it a lot simpler. That this is their number one album, which it helped them. It just helped them uh, get their sound together of dark and heavy riffs, guitar riffs, and time off of touring and everything. And... It's kind of cool that they did that. And then the frustration that they had, Tom and, they took time off from each other. Tom and Travis formed Boxcar Racer. And it was very, they did a whole bunch of riffs, heavy riffs on the album. Speaking of top Boxcar Racer, if you haven't listened to that album, make sure you go listen to it. Anyways, um, this is so good. Like Tom Dillo's side project, like Boxcar Racer, but national two two national tours throughout two hundred to do top the long clubs when I potentially left out hoppers refrained from the music hybrid we still uh felt betrayed the event created division with the trios for some time requests of solve attention that's not true that's not true with the band hiatus whoever said that that's not true don't listen to that they needed time because they were on tour, and that's what they said. Meantime, Barker played his lovers hip hop and rock trap outfit, rap rock outfit, the Trespass collaboration with Rancis Tim Armstrong. The band regrouped in 2003 to um, Studio Foot album, and this is their regular album, which they released. This is when they released Feeling This, I Miss You, and down and I think that's about it those are only three s singles yes then they went to and they were to perform the troops then no tourist schedule was all the band to travel to Japan and Australia also found three performing troops station a person golf during the years during the first year of Iraq war the critics could complied new more mature direct texture for feeling this I miss you and later become the billboards, rock tracks, mother chart. Fans, however, were split by their new direction. Titches were band was steaming, and grill schedule that spent time with family become started to become evident. Now, when they were on hiatus, they had a lot of side projects, right? But they they too had a, a lot of side projects. They had, uh, I think Travis had, Tom did Angels and Airwaves, which that's still here. Tom, Tom did Angels and Airwaves. Travis went to do the Travis DJ AM set. And, uh, Mark Hoppus, uh, began to shift this digital to the podcast, producing albums to commit this to read by former tour rate Motion, South, Motion City soundtrack. The band members did not speak about the break of 2008, the August, and that August, the former producer, Jared. Suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, died. Following the month, Garth Barker, Barker and Ghosting were involved with a 
and the plane crash that killed four people, leaving the only two survivors. Barker sustained second and three burns. A developed post-traumatic stress disorder. The accident referred 16 surgeries and blood transfusions. Goldstein's were less severe. Follow, following year, he died from a drug overdose. Hoppus was alerted by Bark, Bake Barker's accident by phone call in the middle of the night, which jumped to the next flight to the birth center. Tom quickly reached out to his former bandmate, mailed him a letter and a photograph of the trio behind this in their breakup. Tom DeLow was the first to subject of reunited. Hoppus remembered. Tom said, what do you guys think? Where are, where, where are your heads at? I think we should continue what we've been doing for the past 17 years. Get back in the studio and do what they love it. Yes. It did that, but I think, I'm, this is my opinion on this. I think Tom DeLonge, Angels and Airways took over. And Tom went his separate ways. He left the second time to pursue uh, Angels and Airways. And I guess it left with uh, it left with Travis and Mark to hire a new singer, Matt Skiba, because DeLone didn't want to be with the band no more. And the last Blink One Eight Two album that was really made for Blink One Eight Two, it's Doggies Dogs EP. Tom's final performance with the group was at the Wine Amplified Festival in Las Vegas. He went to go. <coughs> Everything, he he just he left Blink One Eight Two and did Angels and Airways. He picked Angels and Airways, but it's not it's okay. They had a change of lineup. They had Matt Skiba. They came out with an album called uh, Nine. I think it's Nine. Um, not 2016 release. John 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 Philman. Oh Lord, filling three shows with 20 March with Mark. Hoppus and Skiba worked together musically for several years. Considering personal role after legal battles with the long were worked out, Skiba joined the Blink-182 as official members of preparations for new music. California was produced by Goldfinger's John Feldman. His new producer, since his new producer, longtime collaborator Jerry Finn. A 2016 release, California gave the best second number one album on the Billboard 200 just in 15 years. They made us legal singles bored to death and they did a a headline tour across America July and October 2016 and a European leg July, June, July 2017. Philman produced this album and they got back on their feet. They just, the trio moved on from Tom and they got their little work together and the trio moved from independent service to BMG label color for eight eight studio effort nine. I sound a little bit nervous, guys. Please don't please don't take that. I'm sorry. I'm just um. It's been a while since I did podcasting. Just give me a just give me a you know just give me a little bit of time. I'll get back to it. But anyways, but Tom Tom to. Tom DeLong has left the group. He entered Angels and Airwaves. He's doing his thing. Travis and Marcus doing their thing. And and all this other stuff. And it just it kinda sucks. But 
Blink-182 will always, the old Blink-182 will always top the records. Not now Blink-182, but the old Blink-182 will always cop top the records. I'm not hating on Blink-182 now, it's just, it's kind of weird to listen to it with a new singer. But everybody just, everybody just turn around. The legacy, the millennium, the mainstream, the videos, they did a pop-punk. A pop pop tour with Green Day, Jimmy Eat World, uh, Cut You Up, and all these other bands. And I remember, because they released DVDs, the other oh, Chronicles too. They did the world tour with Blink-182 and Green Day. Well, Green Day. And hopefully everything will just be all. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all to conclude it. Let me know what you think of this podcast. Put it down. And tell me what you think of it. And make sure that you listen to next week's podcast. This podcast is going out this Saturday. And make sure you listen to it next week. Because I got another podcast coming out. Unless I have something special coming out. I don't know yet. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know yet. But we'll see. But thank you for listening to this podcast. And uh, make sure you take care of yourself out there. Make sure you stay healthy. And make sure that. You listen to Chris Uwe podcast every Saturday at uh, every Saturday. I upload new podcast episodes. So hopefully there's a bonus this Saturday. So stay tuned. All right, then. This is your girl, Chris. Welcome. This is Chris's Uwe podcast, and I'll check you later. All right. Holla at you, girl. Peace.